season three, everyone. Season three. You thought we were gone. Guess what? We're not. We're back. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? It's the Trigger Happy Chatty Box. And this is the world's greatest detective. Oh, man. We've been gone too long. I know. Um, for some of you guys, you were wondering, you know, what the hell was going on. And um, the only explanation is life happens. I mean, myself and and good old Batman here have been busy with real life things. And, uh, well, I mean, we've got good news about that. Um, yeah. You know, it's uh, it's a matter of moving. It's a matter of us setting up future cons and conventions and things. Um, I know for damn certain me and you were talking about um, our future cons coming up for 2020 because we've kind of closed the book on cons this year. Yeah, I, I mean, and and we closed the book on cons this year because it's, you know, life is, uh, it's, it's getting to that point where stuff's getting expensive and uh, especially with the uh, the end of the year coming up, uh, John's looking at moving. I'm looking at moving, so we gotta put cash back for that. And yeah, unfortunately, that means you know those funds can't go towards uh, cosplay related stuff or uh, towards uh, convention related stuff. Um, and unfortunately, that's just life. Adult responsibilities have to come first, and that's also why we haven't been able to record the show as often as we'd like. Um, because uh, your boy, John, works nights, and then I work days. Yeah. And uh, I'm usually pretty much six days out of the week uh, at work, working overtime, what have you. Uh, and then uh, John kind of loses track of time and uh, <laughs> decides that it's not, a, it's not a straight line. It just goes all over the place, because when you work nights, that's what happens. Yeah, it really does, man. Like... What was it? My schedule the last two months has been, yo, I'm going to be up until like four because I, I won't be able to sleep. There's no way. Like, I'll wake up, I'll talk to TJ, and then like, we'll go into like two, three o'clock, and I'm still up. And then I'll go to sleep at four, I'll wake up at 12, do that shit all over again. That just literally, <laughs> yeah, that's literally my schedule, like for the past two months. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. And, uh, you know, every time we, we hear about news and stuff. We'll send it back and forth to each other, talking about what we're going to talk about on Dead Bat the next time we get to record. And oh, yeah. This is one of those days, when, you know, the stars have aligned perfectly, and so we can uh, we can put a show out. Yeah, exactly. And I know um, to a lot of the people who've been waiting for us to get back on the show, we are back, and we've had a lot of shit to talk about. Because, I mean, so much has happened since you and me, you know, kind of just took a break from the show. I mean, we've got movies that came out. We've got... Oh, God. I mean, Marvel's released, like, what? I feel like they've released three movies since we've been gone. Yeah, Captain Marvel, Endgame. Um, what was after Infinity War? Uh, that was uh, that was Endgame, I think. Was no. Like, was Endgame no, I think Captain Marvel was after that? Infinity War, and then Endgame was after Captain Marvel, and then Far From Home was after Endgame. Okay. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so you had quite a bit of movies. I mean, you had also non-Marvel-related movies that came out to things that, you know, you and me were, were hyped for in terms of non-Marvel movies. I know for sure, um, I think it was Thanksgiving of last year, actually, as a matter of fact. You know, Creed two came out, all that other bullshit, and then we finally got to 
you know, got to Endgame. It took months and months uh, on on time there, but yeah, it was like holy shit. Just trying to catch up a little bit as we're on, we're uh, we're speaking about things. Um, but I know we have a list of things we want to get to. Uh, Kyle, let's start with the first thing you got on your list. All right. So first thing I got on my list is I got your guys's PlayStation Plus games and uh, Xbox games of gold for uh, July twenty nine. Uh, so we've got, uh, PlayStation plus, uh, for July, 2019. And this is, this one is weird, uh, because it was pro evolution soccer, 2019 and horizon chase turbo. But at the last minute, Sony pulled pro evolution soccer and in its place, put Detroit become human, uh, digital deluxe edition, which also includes heavy rain. Um, and they didn't say much, but they came out with a, a statement that said, we are making a swap to the PS Plus games lineup for July. This month, we are adding Detroit Become Human Digital Deluxe Edition, which also includes Heavy Rain, to the July games lineup instead of Pro Evolution Soccer 2019. We apologize for any inconvenience. Here's more information about Detroit Become Human which will be available to PS Plus members along with Horizon Chase Turbo from the 2nd of July to the 5th of August. Now, this is something I haven't heard of Sony doing ever. Usually it's they put out their PlayStation Plus games and then that's what you get, right? Yeah. But I don't... They haven't been very transparent here. I don't know why they made this change. Uh, it could have been a deal with, uh, I think Konami is the developer for Pro Evolution Soccer, if I'm right. Uh, but they, it could have been a contract deal between them that went bad. Um, but it also could have been Sony hearing people say, hey, the games this month suck. And Sony says, well... We got to make our fan base happy. So how do we do that? And they included an exclusive that I think is a little under or over a year old. Um, mm. And that was unheard of because I think that announcement came out just a few hours before the free games were supposed to drop. Gotcha. Um, just a little bit of gaming news on there. And then uh, Xbox games with gold. Uh, you're going to have Inside, available July 1st to the 31st on Xbox One. Big Crown Showdown, available July 16th to August 15th on Xbox One. Castlevania Symphony of the Night, available July 1st to the 15th on Xbox One and Xbox 360. And Meet the Robinsons, available July 16th to the 31st on Xbox One and Xbox 360. And you know what's, you know what's really interesting to me? is that Sony has uh, cut their uh, PlayStation Plus free game support for the PlayStation 3 and the PlayStation Vita. Um, while Xbox is still supporting the 360 with Xbox games with gold. And I'm, I'm not sure why that is. Maybe Sony's closer to releasing the PlayStation 5 than we anticipate. I um, believe that. And they're just they're just getting ready for that change, but it's very interesting to me that you know the the PlayStation Vita I understand 
Uh, I own one. I think it's a great handheld, but unfortunately its reception wasn't great and it's on the decline. In fact, I think they just stopped manufacturing them. Um, so I get that one, but to cut support for the PlayStation 3 as well is a, a very interesting move on Sony's part. Yeah. And, and and while we're on the subject of the PS5 and, um, well, I don't even know what you can call it because I know they, they have a different name for uh, Xbox. I think it's what, Project Scarlet they call it? Yeah. I mean, while we're on the subject of it, I mean, you've got quite a bit of rumored games for such, you know, titles. I mean, hell, I heard they might even move, you know, Final Fantasy VII on PS5, which, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, I, I don't want it to be a launch title because usually launch titles kind of just get ditched and kind of, you don't remember those games whatsoever. I, I mean, even though it's Final Fantasy VII, for Christ's sake, like it's a it's a it's a powerhouse title that would be a launch title. Um, mm-hmm. And then you have, you know, Project Scarlet. I mean, hopefully you put this new Halo game on there. I mean, you could definitely I, I mean, I could see where they're coming from if they want to if they want to start putting these big games they had in E3 for, you know, shit like this. But. Yeah, I think that would be the. I, I see what you're talking about, where they just they cut support for the PS3, and I think it's it's convenient with the timing you have. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, I don't. I think it'd, I, I'd be fine with it being a launch title, but uh, I'm just gonna. You know what? Let's call the PlayStation Five the PlayStation One. Okay. No, nah, that joke kind of fell flat. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. That sucked. I mean, that we could bad. say it's the it, we could say it's the remake of one because you know after four in terms of movies you don't you don't call it five because it it's like Police Academy five after like three or four you're like what what the fuck what unless it's unless it's unless it's Spider Man then we don't, then we don't get a four right <laughs> you know it's funny <laughs> people actually thought that that uh that countdown was Spider Man four including myself which is funnier. What that uh, that thing that they shared with the four in the webs? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I still don't know what that's about. You know, it's a uh, it's a J.J. Abrams comic. Ah, uh, gotcha. I was like Abrams, the fuck you troll us for? Damn. You know what? As long as the Rise of Skywalker is good, me and Abrams are good. Yeah, exactly. Which we will definitely see that together. I know that's for sure because I know. Uh, when is it coming out? What Christmas of this year? Yeah, okay. yeah, and um, Galaxy's Edge just opened on the West Coast too, which is cool. Gotcha. Um, I'm seeing a lot of stuff from there. So you know, the but, first uh, thing we got to talk about on my list here is well, the last movie, in my opinion, of the phase phase three. You know, the uh, the Infinity Saga, as they're labeling it here, Avengers Endgame, which you and me have talked about our opinions of this movie several different times, just over some things that we we feel about. Um, first of all, let me get your rating for the movie. Uh, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it an eight, eight, eight and a half, somewhere in that range. Okay. And you know, you and me somewhere are playing like good cop, bad cop with the ratings. Yeah, no, I know. I'd, I'd be surprised if John didn't give it like a two. Um. <laughs> But there were there were there were some things I didn't like. There were some things that uh, some characters that I felt were uh, mistreated, like Hulk. Like 
you know, I get it. They wanted to bring Professor Hulk into it. They wanted to make it look like, um, you know, Hulk and Banner had had kind of had it out and figured stuff out. But you could have done that without bringing Professor Hulk into it. And I understand Endgame was a very serious movie because it was the conclusion uh, to what is it, a decade now of movies? Yeah, pretty much. And and it, it, it had to carry that tone with it, but they also had to put in some comedic relief, which to me felt a little forced. Um, you know, especially when they turned uh, Thor into a walking joke. Um but that one I was I was more or less fine with because I understood what Thor was going through. Hulk, I was just like, why is why is this happening? Yeah. Why? Um and then Jacob too. Jacob was pissed. <laughs> oh, I can imagine he was. Uh for everyone that doesn't know, we'll definitely bring Jacob on the show uh one of these days. He's if you thought I was a Hulk fan, no. He's a bigger Hulk fan than me. He's a Venom fan and ooh. He definitely had some things to say about Hulk because I remember I messaged him on Facebook about it, and he just, dude, I got four or five paragraphs. Went off. Yeah, he he really did. He went off on that one. I can't blame him either because I had my own complaints about the film as well. Um, now this is this is a spoiler cast because you know what the movie's coming out in two weeks on DVD. If you haven't seen it yet, what are you doing? Seriously, I know. Um, what was it? We we didn't see the movie for about what? I think it was a week and a half. And yeah, it was about a week, and we were trying to stay away from the spoilers. And so fuck. Yeah, it was tough too, considering that like I went on the news feed for my YouTube channel, and like the second I got on there, I just saw a picture of what we later saw was Thor and Captain America crying over Tony Stark, and I was like, oh god, somebody really did die. And then I just went yep. ahead and just like said, not interested, and clicked that shit and went off. I was like, no, I don't want to see anything. Yeah, it was um man. What did you think about what did you think about uh Tony and Cap's ending? I'm gonna start with Tony. Um what a career uh, Robert Downey Jr. has had over the last I mean some odd years here. I mean, dude, he's been Iron Man since 2008. Um, To be completely honest, it was the best way he could have gone. Um, However, it sucks because you have an open void now of what's going on with the Iron Man character, even though you don't have... I mean, in my opinion, you don't have to continue with it. It's... You, you brought every villain you could possibly think of on screen. You, you don't really have to continue further with it. Um, but he went out the best way that yeah. he can when he had the infinity stones in his hand and he basically said the iron, you know, iron, iron man quote, you know, from 2008, um, you know, that was literally the best way you could have, t- you know, taken him, um, because there's no more you can do with the character. Um, yeah, always, I thought that brought things pretty full circle. Yeah, exactly. You could always bring him back later for cameos or make him an AI, but I mean, you don't have to make him anything else. I mean, unless, you find a way to really justify how you bring a character back like that, which the only way that I can think of is Secret Wars, which I hope to God that is the case. Give me that symbiose. 
Oh, what was that? I said, give me that symbiote suit. <laughs> exactly. That would be dope, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, and then there's Captain America, which, of course, you know, he's my second favorite character. And obviously, Deadpool's my first. But um, I did not like the story. And I know some people feel the same, and I'm going to get into it. The reason why I don't like what happened with his character was he got happy. And that's the problem you have with characters like Captain America. Like, I told you this, and you were like, ooh, because I had to bring a comparison. Captain America is basically like Batman. You can't have him be happy. He has to be in that area where he's, you know, he he's content, but he's not full-blown happy where he's living out in paradise somewhere. Otherwise, yeah. he's not the character that he is. It, it's it's kind of like that. So when they had him take the stones back and then live out his life with Peggy, I kind of I had a huge issue with it. I was like, uh, like, I get it. We're not always going to refer to comics. That's not the issue that you have here. You have a character issue when you bring something like that. Um, yeah. And it raises a bunch of questions about the timeline, too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I agree with you there. He is a he is a lot like Batman. I, I mean, granted, they don't have the same temperament. They don't have to. Uh, it's just they're very they're very driven by the mission kind of characters. Um, and when you when you have a character like Cap that says, "I can do this all day," put the shield down. It you know it makes you question that character on a fundamental level, yeah. And and that's really what I had an issue with. Like everything you just said just now was exactly what I was thinking in the theater. And I know Chris Evans probably doesn't want to do the character anymore, or he probably does. He just needs a break from it. Um, I know he's probably also going to do directing for the Disney Plus shows. But I think now is a perfect time to still be Captain America because you've got all these Fox characters here. Yeah. I mean, there's so much you could still do with Captain America. I think that's the biggest thing coming out of it is with Iron Man, I could see why they would they would want to end things. They ended it the best way you possibly could. With Captain America, he's still got a lot of interesting stories that you could still put in place that people still want to see. Like, you know me, if I ever saw Chris Evans and I, and Ryan Reynolds on the same screen being Captain America and Deadpool, I would fucking lose it. Yeah, yeah, you would. Because, I mean, for those that don't know, um, and people are like, oh, what's the fuss about Deadpool and Captain America? To give you guys a bit of cliff notes as to the history between the two characters, uh, Cap is the only Avenger, if I'm not mistaken, that actually really felt bad for Deadpool. And was like, man, if the super soldier serum didn't work on me the way that it did, I'd end up being him. So, for for those that did not know that, there you go. Bada bing, bada boom. Wow, that reminds me of a uh, good old Tim Drake there, my nephew. Uh, that was, <laughs> I actually talked to him uh, yesterday. He's doing pretty good. That's good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> but uh that leads into um, the, that leads into the next thing which of course is marvel and fox mm, and what's going on with that deal 
yeah, and everything that basically happened. I mean, Twentieth uh, Century Fox, as many of you, everyone knows that it got acquired by uh by Disney. Disney now has it in their hands, and the question I think a lot of us are asking is, all right, well now that you have the copyrights, what do you do with these characters? Because now it's not even a matter of getting them; you have them. What do you do with them? Um, the Fantastic Four was was talked about to be, um, was to be a movie. Um, I kind of can see the casting for what they've got going on. Um, you have the X Men, which nigga, we need a moment because Dark Phoenix was terrible. I heard that they barely made their money back. Oh yeah, they barely did. It was. That's... It... Yeah, that's a shame. It was abysmal. I had an I had a, a gentleman that came into uh, came in my workplace. <coughs> And he told me the whole movie. He's like, every trope you know out of X-Men, they just copied and pasted in this film. It was the call of duty of X-Men films. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And I said, that's all I need to hear. I don't need to ask any more of it. Yeah. Um, But now that you have all these characters, the question becomes, what do you do with them? I know a rumor was coming out that um, Deadpool might be in the third Spider-Man movie they have contractually uh, put in for uh, Tom Holland but I don't know how that's going to fly I'm down with it you know me oh, I would love I to want, see I want Venom in that movie I want Venom in, the, in a Tom Holland Spider-Man movie so bad I would be down with it but I think I think I have to go the other way with it because I think that we need to kind of see Sony hand more of the rights to Venom and Carnage and all those characters. They still have those characters held on to it. I would like to see them know. just hand the, the rights over at that point. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I found Venom very well represented in the movie uh, oh. that, that has the same namesake. Oh, yeah. And I would, I would be totally fine with Sony handling like the uh, the standalone like symbiote movies, and then just fold those into the MCU like they did with the well, not like they did, but very similar into the way they're working with Marvel with Spider Man. Yeah, I'd be okay with it if one component stays away. The one component that fucked up Spider Man three, the one component that I feel is going to put his put his input in and that would be Avi Arad. I'd rather have him stay s- completely away from everything. For those that don't know mm-hmm. Avi Arad, I'll just give you again clip notes for who he is. He's the guy that single-handedly harassed uh Sam Raimi into putting Venom in Spider-Man 3. Um originally the movie was going to have just Sandman and New Goblin, which if you watch the movie, you definitely can tell that it was just those two. Venom kind of just got shoehorned into the film. Um, but he he is he would be the one component I feel that would fuck up what you're talking you're talking about because he just would want Venom on all he'd want Venom in every scene. Yeah. You know, as long as he's out of the film in terms of the input you get for Venom, then everything you're saying is gonna be a masterpiece. But if he's part of it in any way shape and form if he puts any input that movie is going to flop 
Yeah, and even that's another discussion. Like, is it is it possible for an MCU movie to flop at this point? Wow, you kind of shoe you kind of ran into my my third one. My concerns over the MCU. Um, yes, because we've seen we've seen Titans fall before. I mean, one of them got snapped out of existence. Um. But we we've seen this stuff before, you know. We've asked the question. Well, I mean, granted, with with Disney Star Wars, you know, people watched the Last Jedi and then said "fuck Solo" because of uh, the 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 dislike for the Last Jedi, which yeah. Uh, yeah, and and Daisy Ridley, which plays Rey, actually put out a statement. Oh, did she? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you saw it, but um. She made a statement about The Last Jedi. Um, And basically what she was saying was that she understands uh, as far as the backlash. And um, the gist was, you know, what I've been talking about for a while. Um, She said, I wasn't surprised. No, it's just a different thing. Everyone's going to have an opinion on the internet, but I also think it's fair. If people hold something incredibly dear and think they know how it should be done, and it's not like that, it's fair for people to think they were done wrong. It doesn't mean they were. Ultimately, Ryan's a filmmaker, and one person can't dictate how a film is supposed to be. But freedom of expression... which kind of ties into our mcu discussion um you when you make a movie about these characters you run a very very fine line between what's not enough and what's too much yeah um if people leave the movie feeling under fulfilled that's a problem and if people leave the movie asking what the fuck was that, that's a bigger problem. Oh yeah. I definitely agree with you there. Like, but um Yeah. But but what are we what are we going to do What the hell are we going to do with the X-Men? I think the way that you tie in the X-Men, there's many different ways you can tie them in. Um, I, I've been fighting for a long time. As, as a matter of fact, shout out to Eric Claremont, because I remember five years ago, I said that they'll, they'll merge the X-Men with the, the, uh, the Avengers. And it, it was not a possibility because of a lot of factors, one of them being Ike Perlmutter, which, yeah, yeah, fuck him. Um damn like he he's he's one of the very few reasons why it never happened uh sooner because i mean if if i'm not mistaken here he wanted to take down the x-men so much back in 2014 um with the inhumans which that that was a colossal failure um and he also was saying that you know there are certain movies that just won't work like i'm not trying to go ahead and spew the n-word here but my man didn't think Black Panther was going to work because of, well, there is that. Um, he's a very racist wow. and sexist guy. That's Yeah. I don't know. 
that's that's basically essentially what he is and he didn't like how fox was putting out movies like this and he wanted to put in humans to counter the x-men and so getting into how the x-men tie in like let's just say tomorrow they were to make the movie um you could say that the infinity stones caused a ripple in terms of the multiverse which we were kind of teased about that in far from home um, you could always make the idea that they came from the multiverse and now you have a whole bunch of mutants who they're like, oh, well, we exist now. Um, sure. You could always say that um, you could say and this is this would be an interesting story. And I know it would get a lot of flack. Um, you could say that there was a pact in the 1950s or the 1960s that would also tie in uh, Days of Future Past and First Class into this cinematic universe because I don't have a problem with Days of Future Past or Fierce First Class. It's Apocalypse I had a problem with. You could always... It would also be, oh, what was it also be very easy. It would also be very easy to say they've been hiding up to this point. Yes, exactly. That's, that's what exactly I was going to get into. They could, you could make the assumption or you could make the story that they were hiding all this time and Xavier and Nick Fury were responsible for keeping these mutants under wraps. Yeah. You could I can see that happening. It also gives a layer of depth to Fury because, you know, that old war horse in the comics always was ahead of the game. He was always knowing shit that the Avengers didn't know. And I feel like that would be one way you could have him have even more depth in the storyline. Um, along with... You can play around with a scene where it could be um, like if, if you do a, an X-Men versus, um, you know, Avengers storyline, you can have the line where Bucky and Magneto are fighting. He's just like, wait a minute, you were the one that curved the bullet from Kennedy. And then Magneto could be like, yeah, you were the one that shot the bullet. Nice. Because that actually was a thing. Like I, when, when the, when the uh, Winter Soldier was going on, they had it to where he killed Kennedy. And I was like, wait, didn't he curve the bullet? Didn't Magneto curve the bullet? You could see it's like little things like that really would make the continuity, you know, that much more like the stories we had from first class and days would pay off with little lines like that. Um, so, yeah, that, yeah, that definitely could be something. And, you know, what? speaking of movies, uh, last night I saw Far From Home. Oh, saw it, in, uh, saw it in good old IMAX. What would you give the rating? Um, seven point five. Oh wow, seven point five. Uh, as a movie overall, uh, and and as a Marvel movie overall, it's about what I expected it to be. You know, um, there there were some really surprising twists in there. And uh, when you go see it, you're going to shit, you're going to shit yourself because some of the stuff they threw in there makes me wonder where that story is going. Hmm. Um, I, Hmm. You don't sound too happy with this twist. No, 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 no. I I liked him. I'm just trying to. 
I'm trying to tell you about it without telling you about it. You oh, know? I gotcha. Uh, I liked the villain. I liked the villain. I don't think they compared to Vulture. I still think Vulture was the best villain we've seen against Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, just because the Vulture's motivations and all of that were great. Um, but the visuals that the villains gave in Far From Home were fucking unbelievable. Um, fucking unbelievable. Because it was, you know, these movies have, have really pushed the envelope in terms of visual effects. Yeah. Uh, and they they really pushed it with this one. Uh, and they did a really, really good job with it. Um, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Gotcha. All right. I'll definitely check it out. And, and uh, definitely next episode, I'll give you my take on Far From Home. Because, you know, I'm a tough critic mm-hmm. to, to get on, man. There's very few movies that have really just made me just... I was mind boggled with whatever movie we were watching, you know, like um, I'm trying to think of a movie that I said 10 out of 10. I didn't say Deadpool. I said nine out of 10 for the first Deadpool movie. I said, I think a seven or eight for the second movie, because you know, my gripes over the second movie. Um, Yeah. I know Creed got a 10 out of 10 for me in terms of Creed two and Creed one, both of those got, and there was problems with that movie too. But then, you know, I, I mean, Creed two was a great ending enough that I don't need to have a Creed 3 at all. Like, it could, the series and everything can end right there. It had the perfect, most satisfying ending that I can think of. Just, you're done. You're done. Yeah. Like, Sly doesn't need to make another uh, a Rocky or Creed movie. Speaking of Sly, yo, how do you feel about the uh, Expendables 4? I don't, I don't know, man. I don't have a whole lot of experience with the Expendables um, I mean, I, so much so that, like, I think I can remember seeing the first and second one. Um, but overall, as action movies, and I'm probably going to get some hate for this, they just, they kind of bore me a little bit. You're um, not wrong. Because that, that seems to be all there is, is like, let's get a bunch of these action stars together and do some crazy shit. And that does sound fun on a certain level, but like, I, I just feel like an hour and a half into that, you'd be like, all right, um, can we, can we move forward? You know? Yeah, no, you're not wrong. I actually agree with you. Um, the, the, the three, the, the first three of them, like sitting down and thinking about all of them is essentially just that they're just action movies and they're nothing more. Um, there's only a few, stars that I care about in that movie one being Jason Statham which again if they ever wanted to put Taskmaster current day not the Black Widow movie current day I definitely would say him just just oh my god please yeah please did you see that video where he kicked the bottle cap off oh yeah holy shit he's accurate and that's what Taskmaster is along with just being the you know the master of none the jack of all trades and I'm telling you right now, if we ever get a Jason Statham, Ryan Reynolds fight with, like, freaking Taskmaster and Deadpool, that's a hot ticket to see. Dude, his voice amplified underneath the mask in the hood. Oh, shit. Please. Oh, yeah. Give me that movie. That would be amazing. 
To be honest with you, man, I don't know. I think uh, I think the bigger story out of, of uh, Expendables 4 is that Terry Crews will no longer be in the Expendables movies. Um, I guess the cover oh. story happened where um, he was – I think he was encountered by – and this is a bigger story out of Hollywood being that um, he's testifying against people on the, uh, on the fact of – I don't want to say harassment. I don't want to say sexual harassment because, boy, that opens a Pandora's box you can't close. Um, but – and you, you're wondering, like, man, that's a big dude. How the fuck does he not – like, how, how does he not, like, deck these fools? But apparently, you know, yeah, he, he uh, mentioned that he's not going to be in the Expendables movies because of harassment uh, from people well, on Well, Terry Crews strikes me as the kind of person that has a, a certain amount of restraint. Yeah. Um. Just because you know he, he's built a life, and any any normal human being would say, "Hey, man, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna get in trouble for something that can be handled by the authorities. So I'm gonna report this, and then do what a normal citizen would, and have them handle it that way." Because a lot of these, a lot of these actors, the last thing they want is a big scandal, man. Like. That's some career ruining shit. Yeah, especially in 2019, like we've seen a lot of stuff happen. Like, uh, what was it, Kevin Spacey? Like his career went down the tubes after Baby Driver. Um, oh, with how stuff spreads, definitely. Yeah, you know it's and it sucks too because you you'd think in some instances these actors or these actresses would be kind of hit by this stuff, but like for example, um the whole Amber Heard, um, Johnny Depp stuff, I thought her career was over, you know, because of just what was being said and what was put on the news. No, you have Aquaman out there, and I was like, whoa, that's surprising because I didn't think her career was going to continue after what many of us kind of knew was going on, which was you're using my mans for a platform and for his money. Like, that's what was being put out there. And I'm not saying it was confirmed or anything, but I mean, I mean, dude, because of that, her career skyrocketed. Well, the big problem I have is a lot of it is um, a lot of it is rumor and speculation. Like, you put something out on the internet on a news site that looks official, and all of a sudden, it's fact to some people, um, and it it sends them right off the handle without getting a full story first. Yeah. But, um, yeah, with how stuff spreads with the internet, fact or not, you know, even if it's false, you can still get fucked. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's mind-blowing to me over that kind of stuff. Um, I got only two more points to, uh, to get into. One of them, I, I know this man's gonna laugh hard right now, because we, we both are kind of like, what the fuck over this one. So... I bet everybody remembers that awesome movie back in 94, The Mask. Well, the creator wants to do a reboot. <laughs> um, and not oh, only just no. a reboot, but I, I guess he kind of hit the SJW wagon because apparently he wants to do a reboot with a woman in place. I don't know, man. I think he said Kirsten Willig or Melissa McCarthy as the main. I, think, I don't know. Like, you know, 
And my big thing is I don't I don't really agree with the term SJW on a fundamental level just because of what it represents. Um, but from a movie making standpoint, if you were to just look at how this could be profitable, speaking strictly business. You saw what the Ghostbusters movie did. You saw that. Why, man's? Why you gotta ruin your career like this? Seriously. Especially well, when one of those uh, main leads was part of that movie. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. At the end of the day, I think there's there's something out there for everybody. And... You know, as a as a as a filmmaker, as an artist, as an actor, as a writer, whatever you want to be, the best advice I've ever heard is to put out what you want to see, and then there's most likely an audience for that. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Like, if if they make it happen more power to them. I just, box office wise, don't see it going over well. Yeah, and I mean, if if anything, we had the son of the mask to kind of see where these movies would kind of take it into like the early 2000s, and it just flopped. So it's like, if if you think that it doesn't work in the early 2000s, what makes you think it's going to work in 2019? Especially when the story is going to be much or I mean more or less a rehash of the 94 film well I think the mask is just one of those IPs that never really caught on and took a big hit you know Mm -hmm. like they made what was it three four movies did they Um, I want to say unless I'm thinking like mask and then son of the mask and then that was it yeah those are the only two that I think I counted yeah okay um, but like it was, it was one of those things that stayed a movie and then never really caught on to be a full franchise. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so I don't know. Like, I guess the same can be said for Ghostbusters, right? We got what two, three movies out of that. Yeah. How many Ghostbusters movies were there? Yeah, there was three, and it's funny you say Ghostbusters because I mean we're supposed to have. Uh, I think it was either Ghostbusters 3, which, I mean, that's really Ghostbusters 3 coming out in summer of 2020. Yeah, I mean, I, you know what? I heard MIB didn't do well either. That's not surprising. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I think it's one of those things that I, I really wanted to do well because, you know, watching the originals with Tommy Lee and, and, and uh, Smith just makes me want more and i can't tell i can't tell if it makes me want more mib or if it makes me want more tommy lee jones and will smith i think that's what it is because if you look at how the first two did i mean even the third one too um and and that also goes to a bigger point over um like independence day resurgence like apparently they had a 3 and a 4 slated for release and Resurgence did so terrible, they didn't even consider it. 
I mean, it had the Mortal Kombat Annihilation treatment where it was like, we'll try doing the third. And then, oh shit, the second movie did terrible. Yo, we're not even doing this. Oh, fuck. So, speaking of uh, speaking of franchises coming back, RoboCop. Yes, we were talking about this off off air, actually. RoboCop. Um, I want so okay. So this this director, I, I think his name is Neil Blomkamp. Uh, either either wants to or is planning to do a movie called RoboCop Returns. And when asked, you know, what what suit they were going to use, he got on Twitter and said 100% original. So that 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 got your boy's heart going. I was like, please, please, bitch, please, please, like, please put that put that suit back on screen. I need it in my life. I need a palate cleanser after Joel Kinnaman. (laughs) And he didn't do bad. He didn't do bad. Like. I watched that movie and I accepted it for what it was because that RoboCop has always been a platform to talk about social issues. Like the first two were about, um, first two were about uh, anti-drug PSAs. And then the third one was about corporations. Yeah. And then the the remake was about um, drone use. So it, you know, it's, it's, keeping it relevant to the time. Um, as long as this movie follows suit, we're good. Like RoboCop has always been one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's a story, but underneath that, there's a soul to it. Yeah. Um, and that's the important thing you need. Uh, rumor is rumor, rumor, rumor is that Weller is involved. To what extent? I don't know. Is he going to be back in the suit? No, probably not. Yeah. And that sucks to say, but Weller's almost 70. He's he's up there. Um, so No, I don't I don't think he's almost 70. I think he is 70. But uh I don't cuz you're not going to pull a rogue one. Right, like you're not gonna take another actor and then remap Weller onto it. That's not gonna work. No, it won't. It will get some outrage. It's not gonna work. Um, because, I feel like to do that, you have to have Disney money. I think what like, he probably will be involved in is being like executive producer of the movie. I can I can see that, and if anything, I would want him to you know, fold whoever the new actor is going to be in and, you know, be like a, like a movement coach yeah, for him and saying, Hey, you know, this is how I did this. This is how I did that. Um, you know, these are, these are the, icon- the iconic things that this character does. Yeah. Um, like I, I was very excited to hear they're bringing it back. Um, Peter Weller being involved, not a must for me. You know, you know your boy. If something RoboCop's out, I'm gonna go watch it. Yeah, exactly. 
but like like with everything when when we try to bring something back from the past people always look for that little little bit of nostalgia in there and when it doesn't pay off movie doesn't do all that great and you you try to find line when you do a remake or a remake yeah and that's the problem i mean at the same token it can be done right i mean when you have i think i think weller needs to be executive producer because we've seen great examples of actors jump in that executive producer role and make sure that it's being taken care of i can throw two examples right off the bat shazam and cobra kai cobra kai will smith was executive producer i don't know if you knew that but he's he's executive producer of that of that show um and then you have Shazam. The Rock is executive producer of that movie. Um, mm. And both of them were successful. And it's because, well, The Rock did an interview and he's like, we have to make sure that this is being taken care of. He wanted Black Adam in the first movie, but he was like, this needs to be taken care of. So let's do it in the best way possible. And let's just do the first Shazam movie, the second Shazam movie, and the third Shazam movie. And the third one will definitely have Black Adam. And he did it right because the first one didn't bring Black Adam, but it brought references. So it's already planting the seed. And in Cobra Kai, it's the same thing, except they took newer characters with existing characters like, you know, uh, Johnny and, and Daniel. They, they built newer existing characters. So at the end of the second season, you were definitely invested. You know, they, they slowly but surely built and planted seeds for future storylines to happen because, well, yeah. these people had full control over these, these, these IPs. If Weller has full control over these IPs, he already knows how the first two did really, you know, the first two did really well. He can control and make sure it gets taken care of with the, and then hell, if it works so well, I could see it being a sequel if, if that's the case and him still at the helm. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, so, yeah, he, he's got to have control. Otherwise, you don't know where the direction's being spun. Yeah, I think it's one of those it's one of those things that it, you got to have a little bit of deference to it. You got to have a little bit of respect for it. Yeah. And as long as as long as those things are shown, you'll be successful. Exactly. You know, you're starting to see more of these actors kind of jump into that role of producer because, you know, we've seen, we've seen, you know, companies like, you know, not, yeah, I'd say Warner Brothers. Yeah, Warner Brothers and, and, and others like Lionsgate, they, they don't know what makes this attractive to audiences. Whereas the people who are part of this movie, they know. You know, we've seen really bad movies being taken over, and then you're just like, wow, this movie was was complete trash. Why is it trash? Well, the executive producers and everyone who was writing for this film didn't understand what was going on, whereas the actors who studied for these characters, whether it be comic or not, they were like, okay, we get it. We can project what we see here into this film. Yeah. Um. So Weller's got to be part of it. That, that'd be like saying to me... um. What was it? Uh, it, it when, when Spawn comes out, you know, we've got Todd McFarlane wanting to jump into the role of director. I think that's an incredible idea because he was, after all, the creator of Spawn. He's got to be involved in it in some way. Yeah. 
So yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you. You know, that's that's a heavy that's a heavy thing to say because you'd want you know I want RoboCop to be successful. That last movie was complete trash, and you know I think that Weller was not. I don't think was Weller even in, involved in that movie at all. Which one? The the last uh, RoboCop film. Twenty fourteen. Yeah. I I don't think so. Let me look it up. Okay, because if he wasn't, that explains everything. That really does, because it, he I didn't think that he had any kind of like thought or any kind of you know input into the movie at all, and it shows. You know, um, it, it raises a bigger issue that I think Hollywood needs to be aware of. If you're gonna do remakes and and rehashes of movies. You gotta have at least some of the people who did this before, and and have some care and love, like you said before, like care and love and respect for the IPs you're messing with, um, before anything. He he did not have anything to do with the remake. He did talk shit though, which is funny. <laughs> he said, uh, "He said I'm done with RoboCop. Um, it's it's anthropological. You can watch it in a hundred years, and you can hearken back to say what was the political socioeconomic dynamic, what was the idea of commercialism, what was the beginnings of the age of information ripping off identity, what was the story of identity theft. All that stuff is prescient to be written in 1981, filmed in 1985 or 86, and still lives. Um, and then he said, uh, as for the new RoboCop remake. Uh, sorry, guys. I wish you well. It's going to be a hard movie to be. Yeah. I completely agree with him. <laughs> and on remakes in general, Weller thinks it's sinful, saying there should be a list of 25 movies you should not ever touch. That's definitely one of them. Yeah. I agree with him on that one. You know, I, I mean, dude, ooh, yeah, damn. Yeah, but, um, no, he didn't have anything to do with the 2014 reboot. Um, you know, if he had something to do with this one, even in, an, you know, in, a, in an advisory role, I'd be very happy to hear that. Yeah. But, um, obviously not required for me as long as they do it right and they do it well and they pay attention. The only instance I think that you don't need to have an advisory role for is the third Deadpool movie. And I, I make jokes about it because, well, I don't I don't mean to trash this man, but, I mean, he is the creator of Deadpool, Rob Liefeld. Thank you for creating the character, but stay the hell away from it. Yeah, you've got your advisory. You've got Deadpool himself. Yeah, you know, like, the only person, and, and this is the thing, you're not wrong. Deadpool, dude, that's all you need. Um, the reason why I say don't have Rob Liefeld, not can't even talk right now, <laughs> Rob in the role, is because he's full of himself. Now you remember I met him at the uh, at one of the cons we went to. He's nice, yeah, in person. He's not nice on online. There was a there's a guy uh, R J Props who was uh, talking to him about some of the stuff like, hey man, like why did you? Because apparently. He was doing, uh, Liefeld's been back into comics. He drew uh, Major X, which is that one character that looks like Judge Dredd. Um, yeah. And then he did uh, more uh, art for Deadpool. And he's like, why did you draw him like that? He's like, yo, you know, I draw it the way that I see it. 
And I'm like, Rob, you realize he was just asking a question. He wasn't being rude in any way, shape, and form. Um, and Rob was rude against that. He's like, yo, I could draw the character how I please. I'm like, you do realize that you didn't make the Deadpool that is more famous now than when you created him, right? Like, I give Joe Kelly all that credit. Because Joe Kelly, again, he gave him the fourth wall breaking abilities. It wasn't Rob. Like, Rob likes to take that and, and say that he did it. No, like, you get no credit for making him as popular as he is. You get credit for creating him. You don't get credit for making him the funny fourth wall breaking, you know, mercenary that everyone later became familiar with. Yeah. You know, I hate when he get, he puts so much credence on him and X-Force, and I'm like, dude, chill. Like, if anything, I think Kelly and Gail Simone and, and even Gary Dugan, the latest writer, before they gave it to this new guy, you know, they put in depth for Wade, whereas Rob didn't. And so he gets no credit from me. Um, if they ever decide to make a third movie, just bring Joe Kelly back in. Because Kelly will tell you how to do Deadpool correctly. Whether it's uh, Kelly or uh, Gail Simone, either one of those two, I'm, I'm down with a Deadpool movie any day of the week. Mm. But anybody else, yeah, you got to have the person for the role. Uh, not a person for the role. You got you to gotta have that person for an advisory role. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's fair to say. Um, So we are almost at the hour limit here. Um, I only have, I think, one other thing to talk about other than the main thing on the, the, the anchor discussion that we were going to have. Uh, the DCEU. Oh, shit. <laughs> I think that's all we could stop with right now. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, well, the Batman is in pre-production, so yeah. there's that. How do you feel about? I think everybody has been wanting to hear what you feel about it. Robert Pattinson is Batman. I've come to terms with it. I've come to terms with it. Um, you know, I, I, I've said it before. I think these actors understand that these these comic book characters hold a very special place in a lot of people's hearts and that they have to be treated with a certain amount of reverence because it's not playing these characters is a privilege um and if abused can be taken away very 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 easily yeah um so when you approach one of these iconic roles you have to approach it with some deference and some uh determination to do it the right way and i think robert pattinson as batman could pan out well under the right set of circumstances. Um, you know, look at Affleck, you know, everybody talks shit about Affleck. Yeah. And now he's the best Batman we've ever seen on screen. Oh yeah. Like he, he stands up there next to Keaton. So I'll give it a shot. I'll see what happens. Um, 
as to the overall state of the DCEU, it's just fucked. It's fucked. Yeah. Uh, where... You want to know what the DCEU looks like to me right now? Do you remember that Doctor Strange fight? Oh, God where, damn it. Where everything was three-dimensional and shit was shifting all over the place and you couldn't tell what the hell was happening sometimes. It's like that. Um, there's a lot going on. And after... Like, they're trying to distance themselves and backpedal from Justice League a little bit with the... With the, the previous two releases they've come out with and i can't speak for shazam because i haven't watched it yet it comes out on dvd i'll buy it i'll watch it uh but i have seen aquaman and i really did enjoy Aquaman. um and no that's not that's not because Django fett was in it um <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh I don't know, man. I don't know where they're gonna take it. Um, there's. I, mean... I think the bigger. Sorry. Oh no, you're um, fine. Go ahead. I I got one 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 more quick point to make. Uh, I think the bigger issue is not that I don't know where they're gonna take it. It's that unlike Marvel, I don't trust them to take it. Like, Marvel ended Far From Home with a big ass cliffhanger. And I trust what they're going to do next. Um, I don't trust WB and DC with these movies. Yeah, I agree with you on that. It's it's tough to trust them when you've had so many, you've had so many duds and mistakes and different types of decisions that were being questioned. I mean, you and I will defend Batman versus Superman to the fucking death, but when someone brings up Justice League, there's no way to. Oh, you can fucking fight me on that one. Yeah. Anybody. But like when it comes to Justice League, I'm we got to be on the same page here. It was not that film fell flat on its ass and face and just rolled in traffic and got hit. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Like it's just and it sucks too because you had so much going for it in terms of what you like if if I was to rewrite it over again, I would have Batman versus Superman and then just Affleck's version of what he wanted to do. And I would really roll in a series kind of like what Iron Man did, you know, where it's just he's the very first character, roll him in and make people give a shit. And I think the Robins could have been put in. I mean, we're getting stories right now over a Red Hood movie being made, and I'm nervous about that. You know, uh, yeah. And not even just a Red Hood movie, a Red Hood and the Outlaws movie with Starfire and Arsenal. Yeah, I, I think they're relying on the namesakes of the characters more than the characters, if that makes any sense. Oh, no, you're, you're absolutely on the money with that one. Like, like the draw of hearing Batman is going to be in a movie with so-and-so is more appealing than getting the character the right way. Yep. Uh, And that's not talking shit about Aquaman. Aquaman needed a facelift, let's be real. Yeah, I mean, um, you when when people heard Aquaman was going to be in anything, like it it needed a facelift. And Momoa was the perfect guy to do it. Oh yeah. So who knows, man? Like Pattinson could be 
as good as Affleck. We don't know. Um, I'm going to give it a shot. And you know what? The Joker movie looks really good. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like, (laughs) but you see what I'm saying? It's like they're, they're disconnecting themselves from that universe because that, that can't be the Jared Leto Joker. You can't, I don't think you can even spin that. No, you can't. I don't think. Um, So I think, I think they're doing what Marvel's doing right now, introducing the concept of the multiverse, which I'm totally fine with. Um, It's just interesting to see them doing it now. And it's probably because they don't know what the fuck they're doing with the universe they were trying to build in the first place. So this is them throwing the script in the bin and starting over. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, I, I have to agree with you because they're they're throwing so much of what they had before in the trash can. And a lot of those were great ideas. A lot of those were terrible ideas, let's be real. But a lot of those were really good ideas too. And if 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 we're talking about characters that could have been in these movies out of the out of the window, like for example, we were hearing things a couple years ago about a Nightwing film. You know, we were hearing things left and right. You and me both, we were hearing things about a Nightwing film. Um, they were going to do something with the Batman. Uh, the Penguin was going to be the main role. We don't even know what's going on for this Robert Pattinson film, which I will give you the same thing. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to see how it's going to go. But in terms of, um, in terms of what's going on with the DCEU, it is a crapshoot because you don't know if they're if this is going to be an alternate universe where we're seeing characters in different lights and it pans out to be infinite crisis which that actually thinking about it would be the saving grace of this entire freaking universe yeah like you want to introduce the multiverse that's fine give me a flashpoint movie yeah give me a flashpoint movie i want to see Good old JDM in a Batman suit talking to Affleck. And you don't even have to have him have him on there for very long. Make it a cameo. You know? And then I don't know. I guess what I'm asking for is to be eased into the concept of a multiverse. Um because with how abrupt that it's with the abruptness uh uh that it's happening, the speed at which everything's moving along, it really feels like they're doing their best to sweep the other things that they've done under the rug and try to start over. Yeah. Most definitely, I agree with you there. Um, um, it would be nice to hear, hey, we're accepting of the other stuff that came before. We're doing our best moving forward to introduce you know, new content. Um, but it doesn't invalidate the old stuff. Like the old stuff still happened. It's just new universe and they're both going side by side. Yeah, most definitely. But um, before we get to our last point, Kyle, was there anything else you had on your list? Uh, I've been playing Detroit Become Human. Oh, yes. So I've been playing Detroit. So to to the boothang, this was the part of the uh, the audio you should be listening to because well I didn't want to tell you until this part that yes 
uh, Kyle has been playing Detroit Become Human. I've been watching just videos of this. He's been playing the whole fucking game, or at least he's been just playing the game. But yes, Kyle, take it, it away, bud. Oh, it really makes me want to do a Connor cosplay. Um, but Quantic Dream, man. I... <laughs> Fucking Quantic Dream. Um, I remember playing Heavy Rain back in the day, and that was, uh, that was a very emotionally impactful game. And this one's no different. Um, very emotionally impactful, very, uh, one of those games that you play and then, you know, you do a scene or two and yeah, a a scene like it's, I say some of these games are playable movies, but Quantic Dream, actually a playable movie. Um, say what you will about it, you know, the quick time events and whatever, but it's so well done. Mm-hmm. So well done. Um, there, I think the last thing I played was I was controlling a character and controlling another character at the same time. And then one character was chasing the other character on a freeway, like on a, on a live highway. And yes, it was quick time events, but you could tell that if you missed one of those events, shit would go off the rails real fast for either one of them. And that was very, very interesting to see play out. Um, And it it definitely lends to a sense of tension in the gameplay and gives you what they wanted, which was a sense of consequence. Very much like Heavy Rain. Yeah. And uh, that particular game... You know, it makes you question what is alive, what is sentience, what does it mean to be a human being? Um, you know, is it is it your thoughts? Is it your actions? Is it your ideals? Um, it's just an incredible, incredible game, and I'm I'm really looking forward to playing more, finishing it, and going back and going, okay, well, if I did this different. But that's hard to do, right? Like, RPG-wise, you make a decision, and then to go back and then go against the grain, it's like like playing Mass Effect and then doing Paragon through the whole, the whole fucking series, and then going back and trying to do Renegade, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm too nice for this. Yeah. I don't want to be an asshole to everybody, you know? Yeah, exactly, I know. But Both one and two are my, my favorites. Fuck fucking incredible and i waited i waited a long time to play it i don't i don't regret that i kind of wanted to give it some time to settle give the devs some time to work stuff out but you know quantic usually like naughty dog they're usually very very good about making sure that a game is polished and ready when they ship it yeah uh but i'm very i'm very glad that playstation included this as their PS plus for this month and, and included it with the PS4 version of heavy rain. No less. Yeah. You were telling me about Uh, that. What a package. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just wild to me that they put that in there. Um, and good for PlayStation, man. Uh, it's a really good month for a, for a PS plus subscription. Yeah. 
So, yeah, guys, heavy rain and Detroit become human, which, of course, I think later this week I'll probably pick it up myself and get my hands on it as well. Because I know it, I know you're going to tell me about it. I know I got told that by Katie, which shout out to Katie. I know that, um, you know, TJ will tell me about it in terms of getting the game. It's 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 free. Damn it. Isn't it free? I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. If you got PS Plus, it's it's free. Yeah. So, I mean, um, yeah. I think there's another discussion we need to have too. What's up? Um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is long. Yeah, I believe off off air you were telling me about that. Yeah, go ahead, go into it. Um, I, I think it's a fundamental con uh, conversation we need to have with gaming. Um, you know, can a game be too long? Um. Granted, I th- I think you can kind of control the pacing of the story with how you how you choose to play. Um, but with certain games, I feel like the level scaling doesn't work very well because you've got to do some side stuff to level up to get to the story, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've just been doing side stuff at this point, and I don't feel I feel like I'm spinning my wheels, not making any progress. Because the more shit I get done, the more shit there is to do. Um, I'm like 65 hours in, or something like that, and I haven't made it past the main story yet. And there's three DLCs to get to. Um, and I've done so much side stuff at this point, I feel like I'm starting to lose the story. Like, I'm genuinely enjoying the game. It's very, very fun. And uh, and that's something that Ubisoft has always managed is, uh, you know, to make, to make the game enjoyable even if the story isn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm interested in the story somewhat, but, you know, if you've listened for a long time and I've talked about Assassin's Creed a lot, you know, I've, I've not been very satisfied with where the story's going these days. Um, you know, it's, it's going away from what I loved about the series, which is the hidden blade, the hoods, the robes, the secret order, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing how it ends. I just think it's crazy that this thing came out fall of last year, I believe. And I still haven't beat, um, cause it's just so long and I don't know, man. What What's your opinion? Do you think a video game can be too long? It depends because, I mean, with attention spans these days with people, I mean, you're always going to want to try something else and do something else. If it's too long, I mean, if it's to the point where you've got hours and hours and hours of gameplay and you've got, I mean, for example, we're about to run into a new age where we might just get Grand Theft Auto 6. And for those that are, like, really clamoring at the bit for something like that, I'm just going to let you know that you're not only getting one city, you're probably getting three cities. You're probably getting Vice City, Liberty City, and and Los Santos. So just imagine that for a minute. Like, that in its own self is asking for a game to be way too long with it being just to the point where can the system even handle it at this point? Um, Yeah. I don't I don't know. I think that if if the game is intriguing, you don't you won't even notice it. It's like life itself when you have so much fun, you're like, "Oh shit, 6 hours passed. I've been hanging out with my friend for 6 hours and I didn't even realize it." 
if it's so engaging that it just locks you in and obviously the hours are going on by, then yeah, I mean, you won't, I mean, I'm okay with it being however long it has to be. But if the game starts off in a really bad, I think it means by first impressions, first impressions and lasting impressions, because you look at games and how their staying power is, and this is going a little bit off of just how long a game should be. How long is the game going to sustain its popularity is another question that people have to ask here. Yeah, and I mean, granted, you know, like I've said before, it's not its not that I'm not enjoying the game. Yeah. I am enjoying it. When I'm playing it, it does suck me in. And even when I'm playing the side stuff, the side stuff feels... Um, I just think it's one of those discussions. I definitely think that the quality of a game isn't linked to length or map size or content. Um, using the Uncharted games as an example, those usually run nine, ten hours max, and those are some of the best games I've ever played um, just because of their polish and because of the story and because of how much love that Naughty Dog puts into those games. Uh, it shows. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like that game is so so incredibly long that uh, you know I I don't have a short attention span by any means, but every now and again I'll look at that save file and go, holy shit! <laughs> yeah, most definitely. But I think it's time to move on to the anchor in this marathon and uh, close out the show with this discussion. All right. So you and me are both part of this uh, Florida cosplay community. Now I'm not going to spew out any names, but there needs to be a response to this in some way, shape and form. Um, so an Instagram friend of mine decided he wanted to post a video on Instagram and I caught it. And it was rather disgusting. Um, It really was in terms of shaming others and basically overall just saying there's an image problem within the cosplay community. What he said, I don't even know if I should even repeat it, man. Um, I don't think it needs to be repeated. I think just the fact where, I mean, if you have problems with people who are criticizing you, that's one thing. When you have a problem with people who are criticizing you and then you generalize a whole community over what you feel towards people. Like, for example, when this person said that nobody gives back to the community, I'm giving back because I have a product to sell. I have an issue with that. Um, I know you have an issue with that, too, Um, because you and I go to more cons than this individual so we give back in terms of being the characters that we are. So, yeah, I, I think, I think giving back to a community, you don't, you don't have to have content. You don't have to have material things. It's all about attitude and it's all about how you treat. Um, 
nothing in cosplay has given me more joy than seeing a kid look up at me with a light in his eyes because he thinks I'm the real Batman. And nothing has made me cry harder than being in my hotel room late at night after the convention is closed and just remembering that kid taking my hand and getting a picture with him. And then when they leave him waving back at me saying, thank you, Batman. Um, you know, that's, that's one of those ways where I, I feel you can give back. It's not materialistic. It's not on the surface. It's, uh, it's, it's just something you feel. Um, it's just your attitude towards people. It's how you treat them. Yeah. Most definitely. And, you know, I, I'm there with Kyle with every single convention. That's one of the best times to ever see you is when little kids go up to you um, and definitely just embrace the moment at hand. I think that's what we sell is moments. Um, and just seeing you with, you know, the eight, nine, ten year olds who are so excited to see you. Um, and you know, that right there, I'm out of character and I'm looking over at TJ like, you know, this, this is what we come here for. Um, and that's what we give back. You know, I know we don't, you and me don't make any products. I know. I mean, I'll paint stuff here and there. You'll paint stuff here and there. We'll weather shit. Like, that's great. Like we don't charge whenever we do something like that for a friend. But um, when I saw this man's comments, I had to I had to make a response in some way, shape, and form because that was, you know, by far. And he's someone who you and I, I mean, we know, we we were we were really cool with at one point. Um, and the fact that he made these comments, they cannot be d- dusted under the rug. They need to be mentioned. And to anyone who feels like you need to have an image to only be those characters no i'm here to tell you you don't have to um you don't i i does do people want to see you know uh, a slightly overweight deadpool or a slightly overweight harley quinn that doesn't matter to me what matters is if you play the character yeah and and even then it's you don't even have to act as the character, man. It's it's one of those things where if you feel that you have a connection to that character or if you like that character for any reason, feel free. Cosplay, it shouldn't be the exclusive community that it feels like sometimes. And I've struggled with this as well. Um, you see other people that do the character better than you do. You know, uh bad mental health takes over and says, hey, you're not good enough. They did it this way. And if you can't do it better, then what's the point? Yeah. Um, And I understand that feeling all too well, and it's shitty, man, because it makes you look at yourself negatively. Um, And that, it it doesn't help you. And at the end of the day, if it doesn't help you and it doesn't make you feel good, it's got to go. Be it it thoughts, be it materialistic things, be it people. Um, 
if it's not for the purpose of your self-betterment and your edification, if you don't love it, you don't like it, let it go. Uh, so if you look at a character and you say, hey, you know, I want to I wanna dress as that character and I want to go to this convention because I like that character or because this character means this to me, uh, then do it. The reason I cosplay Batman is I don't, I don't look at that character and go, man, I look exactly like Bruce Wayne. I don't, I don't, um, you know, I struggle with self-image issues the same way everybody else does. And I, I don't look at that character and try to go for a perfect representation. I put on that costume and I go to conventions not because not because I want to be judged as oh that that looks real you know you look like you're in the movie um because some people do do that and that's fine i go to that convention dressed as batman because throughout my whole life batman as a character has always been there and i look up to that character because it's it doesn't matter what's going on in his head. He's always moving. Um, and when I was over 300 pounds, I used that character as motivation to get myself to where I am now, which is just about 220, 230. Um, so I, I dropped almost 100 pounds following this character saying, you know, I know it's fake, I know he's not a real character, but you can look at the qualities that a character has and say, you know, I want those. I want to be insurmountable. I want to be that person that somebody looks up to when everything's going wrong and they need help from somebody and they don't know where it's coming. You know, cosplay, there's been a lot of contention in that community for a very long time, and there shouldn't be. Um, and at Deadbat, and I think I, I know I speak for you too, uh, if it's not love and it's not peace, then we don't sell it. Yeah, definitely. On my side of things, I mean, I definitely agree with everything you just said. I'm the same way with... uh whenever I do Deadpool, because you know I've been one of the very rare Deadpool fans who read the comics before the movie. Um, and so, whenever I put that suit on, it's a whole nother ball game. You know, um, I don't look like Ryan Reynolds. I know that for damn certain. Um, well, I'm I'm not white, so that, that definitely sells it right there. Um, <laughs> but, at the same time, I definitely agree with you know, what Kyle said, you know, when I put that suit on and me and him have two different demographics, that's what definitely separates us. You know, he has the children. I have the 18 to 35 demographic. So mine's harder to please at times. Um, you know, I'm, I'm basically messing around with, the you know, the college student to like the one who was in the comic shop. So whenever I do any of the improv that I do with Deadpool and it's successful and it works, 
hey, that works out well. Not everyone's going to laugh at everything you say. Um, but I know I don't look all the way like Deadpool, but I, I try to do the very best that I can for the fans, the people who love the character like myself. So when it comes down to stuff that was said by another you know, Instagrammer or someone who comes out and says, you know, this and that, you know, it's one thing for me to be Wade Wilson. It's another for me to be John and to tell you, hey, you know, if, you know, just like what Kyle said at the very end, if it's not love and it's not peace, we don't sell it. We don't want it. And we definitely will speak against it um, when need be. And this is one of those times where, you know, it just it needs to be said. Um, you know, I know the motto is, you know, if it's if. You know, if it, it's cosplay, but it's not, it's, you know, it doesn't equal consent. Well, for us, I definitely want to say, man, you know, the whole, if it's not peace, if it's not love, we don't sell it. That'll be another thing that we need to start pushing as well. That narrative needs to be pushed some more. Most definitely. So. Most definitely. We're going to leave the community along with everybody else with that message, along with the fact of. Um, we're going to try to be around more on the regular because I know our schedules are so flipping weird, but mornings are going to probably be the one thing that will even things out for us to go back and, and to speak, you know, more things about here, but, um, stay positive everybody. And, uh, as always, this is the trigger happy chatterbox. This is the world's greatest detective. Stay golden guys. You guys stay golden. We take it back to the days of yes, Charlotte. We're holding on to what's golden. On the stage, I'm raging, I'm rolling. We're not falling, we're not falling. We take it back to the days of yes, Charlotte. We're holding on to what's golden.